Live from Miami, Florida. I am Linda. And I am Bella. And this is our podcast, Mostly Peaceful Latinas, where every week we will discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and everything else related to the state of the clown world. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mostly Peaceful Latinas. I'm Isabella, your host. And I'm Linda. The other host. <laughs> and before we get started, please, guys, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe to our channel. We're so appreciative for the support that you've shown us so far. And we're really looking forward to continue to grow and offer a voice in Latino media, Absolutely. which is so important right now. Yes. So tonight we have a very special guest. We have a local business owner. His name is Gabriel Varona uh, from Stonus Fitness. And he's also part of OUR, right? Yep. So I'm going to let him introduce uh, himself. He was actually part of a very special mission this week in Mexico City, catching a disgusting pedophile. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but just, you know, introduce yourself to our listeners. My name is Gabriel Verona, um, former professional fighter. As most people know me, I opened up a gym called Stunners Fit. And then I've been a big activist about taking care of the streets doing certain things, taking care of the kids. And then I ended up joining OUR recently, and that's where we're at. Absolutely. So for, um, I, I think that OUR is pretty popular, especially amongst like conservative listeners. I don't think everybody knows. So just uh, for those people who don't know what that is, can you tell us a little bit about their mission work, what they do, how long they've been around, and stuff like that? So OUR is founded by Tim Ballard, and it's an amazing organization. It's an honor to be part of it. What they specialize in is human trafficking, women, children, anyone, humans overall. Um, and we go pretty much out of the United States. They're involved here in the United States with certain things, but primarily out of the United States. We have a lot of skills that we have to offer other countries, you know, countries that are a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily, I've been on a few missions in the Dominican Republic, Mexico, so you see the benefits. That we bring. Yeah, this is all volunteer uh, driven, yeah. right? Uh, there's not, you're not no. getting paid no. to be a part of it's OUR. A, it's a volunteer squad. Okay. And uh, how did you get involved? Like, what drove you to reach out to Tim or how did we, that work we out? We know you from your local involvement right. in the community. Um, yeah. In 2020, when everything got shut down, I know that your gym uh, yeah. definitely faced a lot of har yeah. harassment That's how from, we the <laughs> from the <laughs> oligarchy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and th how did you go from that kind of local involvement to, I guess, even desiring to get involved with our rescue? So the funny thing was, uh, prior to COVID, prior to 2020, I was already involved in the streets and in certain things and feeding the homeless. And every time any major disaster would take over in any state, I would take off and just go help by myself. Uh, I mean, not even within the States. I went to, out of here, I went to Puerto Rico, the Bahamas, I was just all over the place doing things. So I was kind of involved with being proactive, right, with doing things. I always had a thing with, like, every time I would hear something about human trafficking, I was like, that's crazy. And just like anyone, I was like, that's movie life, you know? Yeah. And then when I saw Taken, you're like, that's for real, it's wild. And then that's just perspective of that I would have had of it. Then little by little, you would hear things, and as media got better, you would hear certain things come up. I was like, bro, is that real? And then I, OUR, it came about OUR. I was like a regular person on Instagram one day. I saw like, you know, I followed them and I would see how active they really were with saving children all over the world. And I, I wrote them an email one time, you know, and it's a big company. I wrote them an email. I didn't get a response for a while, but I always say God sets you up. I wrote them an email. I reached out to them again. Coincidentally, 
Coincidentally, Tim Ballard was at my attorney's house. Oh my gosh! My attorney's wife goes, "Oh my god, I know who you are because of my because Gabriel." She goes, "I need to Facetime him." She Facetime him. I met him. We're like, "Oh, whatever." He was coming back again, so when I met him, and the day that I coincidentally I went to go meet them, the whole team was there. It was in Miami. Set, in Miami. Okay. It was like like four Navy SEALs. It was really cool because it was the whole Squad. legit guys. So then I met them. And Omar, who's head of operations and, you know, overseas, I met him. I had a good conversation with him. And he's like, hey, man, just give me a call. My attorney sold him. Hey, look, he fights professionally. He's a gun activist. He's really big on gun training and police training and tactical training. So he's like, he's, he's skilled and he's a street kid. He knows what's up, blah, blah. So then he goes, man, call me. Honestly, I thought it was going to be like, call me and nothing yeah. would happen. He texts me. Hey, would you want to come to the training in Nashville? I said, yes, 100%. He goes, okay, it's going to be five days. I'm like, whatever it is. Boom. A week later, calls me and goes, you want to go to DR? I go, count me in. Oh, wow. And Immediately. I never even did the training. We went from zero to let's go. And then I did four missions in DR and then the one in Mexico. Wow. Yeah. That's why I got it. Cosas de la vida. Things of life, it. right? Is that how you say Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what are the chances, right? The attorney it, ends up being, it's almost like. No, you have no idea. Like it, was, it was wild. And then. I got to see the premiere of something that they're pumping out. It's um. There was a movie right recently. I think. Yeah, Freedom. They're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pump it out now. They, they just did they. W- w- I feel like I remember something. Didn't they have like a Netflix special that was supposed to get picked up called um? Because oh, it, it was I can't remember what it was called right now, but I, I think that I remember something back in early late 2019, 2020, um, where they were supposed to get picked up for a Netflix special, and then that. Got so out. they did a movie. He, they made a movie based off the story of Tim Ballard and how he became kind of from a CIA agent to opening up OUR and being pushed on this. What happened is with a lot of Hollywood, Hollywood is for the pedophiles, right? So he was in a like situation of, do I want to pump it out? Do I not? And they were. That's why it's lingering in the air. Right. They're just trying to make sure it gets pumped out the right place so they could get it out and about. I'll tell you this. Once anyone sees this movie, like it is going to be a game changer for any human. Gabriel, so one of the things that very often we get, particularly me, the media has labeled me QAnon, um, mostly for talking about the truth of human trafficking, in particular child trafficking. What do you have to say to people that question the legitimacy of, number one, this being the huge issue that it is, and people that question the legitimacy of organizations like the work that you're currently doing look for example i don't even i don't even promote that i do it too much you see even asked me she's like damn i didn't even know you do that with yeah. you are why? but i catch things immediately yeah. so i was like let's go <laughs> so and that's why uh because of there's so many haters right and then people try to like brush certain things off i've come to terms i I'd rather save myself certain arguments i'm gonna post it on my social media anyway so everyone knows if you like it or not Follow me. Don't follow me. Mm-hmm. I am who I am. Uh, the reason why I felt to post him, this guy that we got Sunday, was because he's a big deal and he exists. And I read certain things and had to see certain things about him. And it's out there. And I have a child. I have three children. I have a three-year-old. I have a you know seven-year-old girl and I have a 14-year-old boy. And to hear a grown man doing certain things to children, if you don't want to believe it, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and check, is that, is, you know, what's the real question? Uh, you can't deny it. A lot of people, it's, it, 
unfortunately, I think it's going to get worse because um, the way that the world is right now, it's going to be exposed more. Um, those that are going to defend it will. Those that won't, yeah, for some reason. Sensitized. It's kind of going to have to force people that, uh, you know, for the years that we've been talking about, this is a problem, this is a problem, and we've been called the conspiracy theorists yeah. for such a long time. I feel, like you just said, the more that it gets exposed the more it's going to force people to expose themselves. And polarize again, because you're going to have the people who will defend it, mm -hmm. as we will talk about the, the, the pedophile that he, he was part of the you know rescue mission or the takedown mission. And we've been desensitized. So it's like I was saying earlier, and I was talking to some friends, I said, when you say love is love, sure, most of us agree, like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, I don't care if a gay man wants to marry another man or, or, or a lesbian or whatever, because it's true, you can love whoever you want. But we haven't realized that where this is going is that love is love until when? Is it going to be love is love between a nine-year-old and a 39-year-old? Is it going to be love is love between a three-year-old and this, you know, 30-year-old pedophile? Because this is kind of like where it's going. You know, we see it with the drag shows. We see it uh, with television. We see it Even everywhere. Even when you see the opposition, you know, uh, the, the, the campaign they make behind excuses. the don't say gay bill. It's like yeah. it was never about not saying, not gay. saying gay. It was right. about not talking to children about inappropriate conversations that should be had at home with parents. And Facts. much more importantly, not keeping those conversations secret from parents that have a right to know what's right. going on with their children but it is and it goes with heterosexual heterosexual sex as well like i think that you as a parent will feel uncomfortable if i start talking to your seven-year-old about my sexual Fuck. relationships with my boyfriend Fuck. it's like it, it doesn't matter whether it's gay or it doesn't matter it's irrelevant you know it should be a parent conversation agreed and i don't know if you guys saw what well, you were busy you know in this rescue mission but i know you saw it which is that this weekend there was a pride gay drag show in texas out of all places where uh this gay bar was hosting a drag show for kids and a asking parents neon fluorescent sign in the back of it that said it's not going to lick, lick itself. itself and the drag queens are you know dancing and asking but kids for, for daughters. kids or oh, people for, no, kids, for kids for, it was uh, for families um lgbt families have to bring their children to this drag right, show right so we had a couple of conservative uh media people and activists that i guess crashed the event and started filming no. and started yeah one of them was like chasing one of the drag queens like how does it feel to like be dancing for little kids you know and like they they Christ really they king. really set it off and obviously this content went viral uh legislators got a hold of it and now there's a legislator in texas and even here anthony yeah. sabatini is saying that they want to ban drag shows for underage kids you know you have the opposition mostly obviously liberals saying there's nothing wrong with this this is like a burlesque show this is like taking your kids to hooters like you guys are the ones that are perverted this is just men dancing this is art, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. I've always known. I mean, you know, my mom had her gay friends. I have my gay friends. You know, drag shows are for gay culture. Right. That there is a reason why the Palace Bar, which is a gay bar on South Beach, is big on that. And for adult and culture. For, and for correct. Adult. For and adult. What it is, I wouldn't take a child like my kid, for example, to a strip club. Of course. 
Correct. Exactly. Why would I? 100%. Even if my kid is straight as a freaking yep. arrow, I'm I, I just wouldn't because it's inappropriate. And it's what, what it actually is, right? Like the, da- the the drag show is supposed to be an exaggerated, almost like caricature yeah, version burlesque. of of uh, of a sexualized character. It's it's funny for adults, like you mentioned. I re- I remember growing up, my 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 mother, my stepmother is in the art scene, and she had a lot of gay friends growing up. And I remember in particular being small. And I was always raised where it's like, you know, people are going to love other people. The LGBT community wasn't something that was rare or absurd to me. It was it, it was very common and normal because I was exposed to it from a very young age. Right. But I remember specifically one event where they had taken me to a party and a drag queen was going to come. And I remember my parents like, all right, well, it's time for Possible. the kids to go home Plum. because usually it's a sexualized show. There's stripping and there's, you know, they're pulling they out the or whatever it is. Right. It's, it's, it's very sexually driven and very clownish. And, you know, you had extra makeup and all. And a lot I think of times that, it's very skimpy outfits. And th- they're like that, spreading their legs or yeah. clapping their cheeks. They're not doing like some ballet shows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I've always thought. It's when not you the thought, nutcracker. Like the drag queen story hour that they do. Yeah. My argument has always been if it's really an argument of uh, teaching children like tolerance, acceptance and all these things. Why not have a woman dressed up like Mrs. Doubtfire show up to read to the kids if it was truly about that. Right. When you have somebody show up in these skimpy outfits and... Colorful, is actually colorful very wigs, scary. Colorful wigs, colorful makeup. That's those are things that are attractive to children, not because they understand what a drag queen is, of course. but because kids like dress up yeah, and, like and, and colors. And, I'm sure and your little girl hair. likes to t- take the mom's like makeup and dresses and shoes. I mean, I used to do that when I was little. I saw another. My daughter's doing that right now. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, right <laughs> yeah. now, before I left the house, that's what she was doing. I saw a very disturbing post today. Actually, there is a drag. Uh, no, what is it? Drag Queen Story Hour tour, tour. Okay, now they're going on tours, and there is a website for it. Obviously, the whole thing is legit. Um, today, one of the drag queens posted, "I can't wait to teach children about all the genders in the rainbow." And it's like, do do you see like that? It's just not some innocent person reading to a kid as you make it out to be that this is indoctrination at its finest. So I I do think that we are going in a very scary road for everybody. And the simple fact that we have to sit here and explain this to people and defend ourselves and our position and we're the bad ones. You know, these kids that went out this weekend are getting death threats. I hope your head gets cut off. I hope you cure yourself. I hope why the because kids the, that were that watched it, the kids that filmed it, the the, oh, oh, the, conservatives, the conservatives that went to kind are of, getting death threats and disgusting messages simply for exposing this public event. Yeah, we know how the other side works. That's right. What they do right. So they'll always turn the argument, which is so important about the normalization of pedophilia. They don't know how to separate that from the LGBT argument, and it's so frustrating, particularly as someone who does have gay friends. Right, my gay friends don't want to be involved with that they don't want the um the what, what do they even call it age uh Bro, i have one of my really good right. friends that's really good friends he's gay and he's always like how was the mission what did you guys do how yeah. was it yeah. and he's like those motherfuckers like so yeah has nothing to do with they don't, they the don't want to be stra- stra- right they, 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 the gay who straight started a new coalition uh jamie started a new coalition called gag and it stands for gays against grooming I love that. So now, you know, you you have all these gays and lesbians who are saying this is just 
insane. Like most of us live, you know, pretty normal lives and are opposed to this type of behavior and we're speaking out against it. They're also getting death threats. They're also getting all sorts of backlash from them. But, you know, it just it just is what it is. Um, I did want to ask you, you said that you, your first mission was in Dominican Republic. Yeah. And what was that like? What did you do? Whatever, obviously, you can tell us from the mission. Um, far as like the Dominican, we did a couple of stuff. Um, and it was just, there's a lot of women who are being trafficked okay. through the islands, like Venezuelan, Colombian women mm-hmm. who are promised like great jobs in DR. It's always like that. And then when they get to DR, right. they take their passports and they say, you're going to work for me. Mm-hmm. You owe me this debt. This is what you're going to do. And now we're going to carry your family back home. Right. And they do they what they got to do. They do what they got to do. And then the primary, one of the number one consumers are American yep. businessmen who go there and do what they want with these girls because they know they're safe over there. So that's primarily what's going on in Dior. So this was more adult. Yes. There's, I mean, there's some children's situations going on, but there's actually like some investigations that are open and stuff. So there's a little bit of both. This is a huge problem. This is something that has been going on in Cuba for a very long time. Everywhere. In Colombia too. Right. In Colombia too, where it's like, it's everywhere. The the tourism is driven by Thailand too, right? Thailand too. We have a huge team. Thailand's huge with children. Yeah. We have a huge team over there. The lady boys. Yeah. You know, I, before COVID, I had a business connect Colombia. It was a small travel agency and my main, uh, it was in Colombia, but my main two cities were Medellin and Bogota and sorry, in Cartagena. And, um, when I first started the business in 2016, that I went to research, get houses, get partnerships, the whole thing. Um, I was with a realtor and she was showing me all these properties that I could potentially, you know, take for my clients. And one of the things that she said was that they weren't too fond or happy with Americans and Israelis because they were known for going there, renting these properties and running prostitution rings for teens. And they actually caught one. There was this huge thing in Medellin with an Israeli uh, past. um, He was a IDF member, I guess, like part of their military, retired, whatever. He went there. He had all these teens trafficked. They caught him. And then Later in 2018, there was a huge sting operation in Cartagena with the American FBI. So there was these houses that will no longer rent to me, not because I had done anything, but he's like, who are your clients? Is there men coming? We're no longer renting to men because of what had happened. And they were so scared of the FBI because they were watching. This was under Trump, by the way. I'm sure things are different now with, you know, the cabbage in the the office. So, um, but you know, to kind of introduce the story. So yesterday I'm on social media and I follow him and I see that he posts on his story and he's like, uh, I, I, I don't even care. I'm going to give this guy exposure because he deserves it. And it's a picture of a man being arrested. You see all the Mexican police, um, around this man. And so I, I immediately DM him and I go, what are you doing? What are you part of? You know, it was, uh, what is this about? And he tells me that he was on a special mission in Mexico city, capturing a pedophile from Amsterdam, uh, a well-known, very well-known prolific pedophile that had been making the rounds, not just as an aggressor himself, but but also a ringleader. ringleader He's, He's leading the campaign on normalization. I mean, today alone, they've already sent us like six links. It's like worldwide already. Wow. That the Mexican officials got him because the Mexican police did an amazing job mm-hmm. straight up. And then obviously OUR was supporting them and it was 
It was great work because um, he's big. When I tell you this guy is responsible for molesting children all over the world, promoting it all over the world, making it an okay thing yeah. all over the world. Um, 27 years old. That's he, what it says here on the daily uh, no, mail. No, he, he right? was 33. 33? Yeah. That's probably was something that happened uh, Maybe a little bit older. Because they've been watching him for a long time. He's been right. under the radars for a long time. Yeah. Do you, because you just mentioned local authorities in Mexico. Do you, have you guys ever come across an issue where local authorities are not supportive of the efforts that you guys are having, uh, you know, to stop so this, look, pa- this pandemic of it's. I'm not going to say like any countries particularly, because right. we work, you know, you are responsible for working with a lot of countries, but... There are certain countries that are just very hard to, like, say, bro, let's go, you know? Like, here's the evidence. What, what else do you guys need? But it's always hard because it has to go through, you know, the military, the police, the attorney general, the, the government. So it's so many, sometimes there's so many people and they're scared to mess up. Yeah. And it sucks because sometimes your hands are tight, you know? Um, and you're like, oof, like, let's go. We have enough. And it's like, no, they don't, you know? And I can't say certain situations or certain, right. but, and it's frustrating. But with the Mexican police, this was awesome. I was reading that on an article and a video that they have on the Daily Mail that they were extremely cooperative and they were really, really good about it. And just so people understand, after he told me what had happened, I went online, as I normally do on Twitter, to search certain keywords. And I found tweets from 2019 uh, from, I guess, I guess, a Dutch uh, citizen who was alerting the community about this pedophile that was going around in pre- to the Pride Parade in Amsterdam, passing out this um, little flyers that I'll pull up now, um, saying, so, I mean, we've got the flyer and we've got the notorious symbols that we know are used for right. to identify pedophilia. So um, this is what she said. She said, this guy was caught and released by the police during Pride Walk in Amsterdam yesterday. He's trying to promote pedophilia. If you see this guy walking around during the Canal Pride, do not engage, especially if you're a minor. He was handing out these little cards. Uh, and for some godforsaken reason, municipality of Amsterdam granted him permission to do so. And this is what it looks like. It says, hash. Hashtag pedal pride. It has the little pedal symbol, which has been identified by the FBI. This is not another conspiracy. Uh, support lovers' rights, tenderness, support, love, and comfort. So according to the police records and according to the media reports is that he was starting, he had started, right, a party. And this party was specifically uh, started so that he could promote um, consensual sex, which he calls consensual sex, uh, for 12-year-olds because he said that there was nothing wrong with it. There was even interviews. I mean, he was extremely vocal about it. He's extremely vocal. vocal. He, he pretty much says if you're old enough to speak, you're old enough to have consent, give consent right. of anything. And um, can you tell us the, about that? The children, tweet? children Liberation Front. I always love to point out how they love their play on words, right? The yeah. children, as if though they're liberating children from anything. Um what do you what, what can you tell us about kind of like what you know about that political party and kind of how long because this this was going back to 2019 so, so this has been happening for a while. while i'll tell you certain things i mean there's already a, i mean just i just told you guys today alone six articles have come up there's going to be a documentary it's going to be based off what happened this weekend oh wow so i'm not going to say certain things but like you could google him and everything's starting to come up. Yeah. And everything's going to come up. By the next couple of days, I mean, everything is going to be out there. Yeah, there's about five articles here that I see. Yeah, they're going to keep coming up. And it's gonna they're going to expose them more and more. Because now other countries are going to be like, damn, Mexico did it. We could have done it. And that's what they should have done. 
but for any reason, he got to Mexico. He's been doing his stuff in Mexico. The good thing is they got good amount of evidence in Mexico. Hopefully he sits in a Mexican prison for some time before they even send him back, mm -hmm. which will be a good thing, you know, primarily for us that we want to see results. I hope he sits in a Mexican prison. I think it's going to be a lot worse than an Amsterdam prison. Yeah. You know? One um, of the things that he said that we mentioned earlier was that he was on Twitter into 2020, and he was finally kicked off on Twitter when he had a very disturbing tweet. And what did the tweet say? It said something along the lines of, you know, three-year-olds don't rip as easy as they say they do. And it's like... It's almost hard to, it's hard to say it it's out loud. It's hard to swallow, yeah, it is. It's hard to say it it's out loud. Like, even that. having to, like, reread that, it's hard to say it out loud and realize that it's like there's really people out there that think like this. And yeah. That. No, listen, there's, I mean, even to be in the same room with him and, you know, hear him talk about certain things the way he did, it's hard to swallow. I can imagine um, as a father even more so. 100%. And, and it's just hard to swallow. And just to hear his, just to hear the way he was so vocal about it and everything. Because at the, at the end of the day, then... You put yourself in a room and you're like, damn, we're actually in a room with a real pedophile, you know? Yeah, dude, like, so that's and, fucking crazy. So, like, people talk about pedophiles, but you're, when you put yourself in a situation where you're with them and you have to play the role to get them to say certain things and, you know, hear them out and mm -hmm. have evidence, you got to swallow it up. But at the you end, you got to get them talking. You got to get them talking. And, and they love to brag about their work. That's the best thing, though. So... With obviously, there's certain things that he can't say based on the investigation is still ongoing. Um, can you tell us when you got the call to go to Mexico, how that so, plans out, you know, yeah, like how whatever. Does, how does that work? So, yeah. I mean, what you could tell us. You, usually, like, usually we have time to like, yo, hey, we have something coming up in the next couple of weeks. You're like, all right, cool. So like about, I left on Friday. Friday, obviously, we had a big storm here in Miami. My flight was supposed to leave early in the morning. But I was told about Friday on Monday. Monday, they're like, hey, we have this going on. Can you take off this weekend? I'm like, they told me more about it. I'm like, let's go. I was like, let's go. And, I mean, this weekend I missed my two nieces' recitals, dance recitals. But I was like, I got to go to this. This is yeah. big. And but I was like, and I just, and Friday I, I said, damn, but the storm is coming. I was like, bro, they better not cancel my flight. I was like bad tripping about that. Because obviously most of the team takes off from Salt Lake. So they went the other way, and then they came into Mexico, and then Friday my flight got delayed three times. Wow. I ended up catching an 11 o'clock flight at night. Finally, I was like, bro, just get this plane. I'm like, oh, oh. I just wanted the plane to get off the ground. I'm like, get off the ground so we can get out of here. Once I knew it, because like, a bunch of flights got canceled while I was in the airport, I'm like, they're going to cancel the flight. And luckily, <laughs> took off. So we that got, alone is a sign from God because everybody's flight was canceled this everyone. week. And like I ran into my alone. cousin at the airport. Right. He goes, yo, my flight just got canceled. I'm like, oh, it sucks for you. And I'm, I'm like, out. my <laughs> flight better not get canceled. And, and I was like, bro, my flight's going to get canceled. And they were, I'm not joking. I was standing there at the airport and they were like, one by one. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And luckily, my flight was a go. I was like, right, let's ride. Because of the storm, right? Yeah, because of the storm. And I'm not joking. I have a video. While I was sitting in the plane, I'm sitting looking out the window. And bro, it looked like it looked like the end of the world. And I go, just get this bitch on the off the ground. And everybody was like, I don't know if we should take off. And we were in the runway, and I was going, and I was oh like, bro, just get God. this bitch up. And we left, and it was like, zoom, zoom, zoom. I was like, bro, Ali, let's go. And luckily, whatever we, I landed um, Friday night or Saturday morning, early, and then it was Saturday morning. Met up with the team, went over details, kind of went over things. Saturday was like a very low key day. So the afternoon, because, you know, we have to wait for certain things to happen. You're on alert, I'm sure. Yeah, like, yeah we're at the hotel, we're ready. Something happens. And we're in the works. Unexpected. Yeah, okay. we're in the works. 
Um, you know, because you always plan for certain things, but then, you know, you got to play hit or miss, you know. So we were there. The whole team was there ready. Saturday, you know, kind of go over things, whatever. And then Saturday night, we're like, all right, it's a go tomorrow. We're going to meet him. This is what's going to happen. Everybody has their roles. Let's do this. And it was simple, man. Um, Sunday went as perfect as it could have gone for us, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was simple. And you got to spend time with him, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, based on your, yeah. Based on Unfortunately, your I did. I had to. I spent a big chunk of the day with him Sunday, and then as we were there, whatnot. A little bit later, we went for a walk, and the Mexican police came out of every which way. I literally, I saw the video. Remember, yeah. oh, that was yeah. it you that the vest? Yeah, they started yeah. putting on that their vests awesome. and stuff. And, and they the were like sitting around, like they were part awesome. of. They, they were, were part everywhere. of like the park and whatever. And the thing was, we knew that it was going to be like eight tactical guys pull up right. and get him. We didn't know about the 30 other people that were, right. they were all next up. to us. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing was like, even women I saw like put everything. No, we had, stuff, there was yeah. a bunch of bad women there. They're there. And the boom, they suited up, everybody threw jackets on and they cleaned house there. And it was like, holy shit. They showed up with an army of 50 heads. And then they just threw them in a black towel and took off. Wow. So it was good. And then the good thing was, you know, we have a, we have a special dog that is trained and it's the first time ever that a dog has been trained with this overseas to they, what they do is they're really good at smelling USB hard drives. It's like the oils that are in the okay. complete laptops, phones, and everything. They're, ma- they're amazing at smelling. Really? So, yeah, it's crazy. And that's the good thing now because these guys are masters at hiding things. Right. Like he was bragging at one point. That would make sense. Like they're hiding their hard drives somewhere so else. He was bragging sure. about it to us in the room. At one point, we're like, and then long story short, after Mexican authorities already had him, later on that night, Mexican authorities rushed his house. No, you are went along for the ride. And we let the dog loose in the house. They found multiple, everything is online. They found a, a cell phone was hiding in a laundry basket with dirty clothes. We found, I think it was a few hard drives, some USBs, even a laptop. A gun I saw. Uh, the gun. And I think there was drugs and everything. And then the best, and he even had printed images. Of child pornography. So like he, we got him with a bunch of stuff, which is a good thing because that's we as the team that were there, we were like hoping, we were hoping that he had the gun. You know, we we're hoping that multiple things were in play because then there's more accumulated. And we wanted him to sit them, in Mexico right? for a while, right? If you're gonna sit in the, if you're gonna sit in prison because you deserve it, might as well sit in the best, worst prison in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be in Mexico. You know, but might like as well I, Mexico said, I, I would rather him go to El Salvador, Salvador where they, exactly. they they don't even give him like chicken over there. Exactly. You know, something like that. So at least we're like, at least we'll, you know, hopefully he suffers a little bit in Mexico. Looking at, um, you know, the, the, this is one mission, but looking at like the bigger picture of it, what what are you proudest about as far as your involvement with um with our rescue? I, I'll tell you, like, I love the whole concept of it um and I, like i told you i've been in multiple um because in the beginning i was like is it really like this is it really like how you know how they say it is like is it like sometimes you got i question a lot of things sometimes you know and i went on the first mission i was like i was legit because it's like it looks like something out no, of a movie it is something like out of tim Ballard shows is. up like in his promos and stuff yeah. like that and it looks like no no it's like out of taken a movie. it looks like movie. the taken movie there's no other way around it. like it's out of the movie and you know we can't say certain things whatever but it's as real as it could be in a movie set, you know? Yeah. And after the multiple times that we went to DR, I was like, bro, I'm in. Like, I'm not leaving this company. I'm not leaving doing this mission. Then for me, my big blessing was because I originally got into it because of the whole children, trafficking children. I was like, how can I really help? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people talk and don't do. Right. And I was like, 
And everyone's like, yeah, bro, but you have your own wife and you have kids here and you have your own business. Why are you going to go fight somebody else's battle in other countries? I'm like, because that's just going to hit here soon. No, and, and it's here already. And I mean, the U.S. is the number one producer of child pornography, pornography and consumer of child pornography. 100%. And then obviously the open border does not help. Does not help. Actually, well, I'll tell you about that now. And that's the biggest thing to me. I was like, bro, God forbid one of my children are overseas. I would want a team of bad motherfuckers to come get my top, right. my kids too. Yeah. So why not? If you're, and all this, I see a lot of people, you know, oh, I'm, I'm trained in this, I'm trained in that. We'll use it. You know, same thing. I could go into a bunch of things that happened and I always get heated on. Like when the whole thing happened here with Cuba, that everyone was like, bro, let's go to Cuba and let's take all the boats. Yeah. And then, every, and then, and, and look, yeah. bro, I'm cute as fuck. And I got super mad because, and I got copy for a lot of people because I called out a bunch of idiots for what they were. They're like, we're going to go and we're going to shoot fireworks and let all the Cubans know we're here. Yeah. For what, you fucking idiots? So they could go to the water and swim, try to swim to the boat because yeah. they're starving because you guys don't realize the real concept of what's going on there. So shit like that really upsets me. So like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm training them to go use it. Some people tell me, bro, you're really going to go overseas. You're going to go to Mexico. You're crazy. I am. I get it. It's kind of wild, but. If no one takes a risk, it's not wild. It's, it's I think never, that there's not, not done, enough you know? people that are doing. Um, you know, when you look at 2019, 2020, I think it's specifically 2019 after the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein, um, human trafficking becomes this huge topic of conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It takes over. And yeah, it's great to post about it and bring awareness to it and discuss it and, and acknowledge it as a huge problem. But then where do you go from there? Just like anything else, we look at 2020, your involvement, you fought yeah. back against mm -hmm. local government. 100%. Most people weren't doing that. Yeah. And it's a problem that we see not just with human trafficking, but literally every problem that plagues this, this country ends up going back to a lack of action. Facts. People want to talk about, oh, it would be great if somebody was doing something. Save the children, save the children. All right, but what are you actually doing to save the children? We could hashtag all we want. We can meme this all we want. At the end of the day, unless you're actually, I mean, you know, living a true life or, action movie or, in your case, or even moms at school boards, yeah. you know, yeah. fighting for their children. Like if you're not out there actively fighting, you're losing your side of the battle. Oh, listen. Yeah. It's like us. We don't have, you know, we, we haven't attended a school board meeting in a while. Um, <laughs> So but, because of but, you know, we started that fight on I our own. We don't have children. Yeah, like we don't we literally don't I saw, I saw. care. Like not sorry, not that we don't care, but like we literally don't have to care. Of course, of course. You know what I mean? So like she's taking time out of work. I'm taking time out of work to go do something that doesn't necessarily directly benefit us, but it, it, it doesn't benefits, affect you guys, but but it right, it doesn't affect us, but it benefits society. 100%. You understand? So like if you don't bring awareness to certain issues, whether it's that, whether it's this, whether it's you know, the pharmaceutical then what are we going to do, do as a society? Listen, it, it's true to the point that you said. When the day that my gym was closed, I was my gym was closed for three months. I paid my whole entire team and I paid my rent for those three months. And when they granted us the opening, it was a week. They were like, we're closing you guys down again. I said, no, chill. No. Like, this is not happening again. Yeah. Remember and, the video to Jimenez? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I did a video to Jimenez yeah. and everybody went crazy. And there were certain it, gyms. Yeah. There were certain gyms like Joe from No Days Off. He straight up told me, he goes, gee, you're going to his house for real? And I go, you know, I'm on the way over there. He goes, I'm in route. <laughs> and other gyms are like, bro, you're crazy. Like, Guess what? Six gyms around my area closed. We didn't. We survived that storm. And it was a dark storm. Let me tell you, because it was that storm. And then I went into this whole war that I am with the city anyways. Right. So it was multiple things stacked up. And it's, if I didn't fight, I would have closed a long time ago. And if it didn't have the support that I have, 
I would have been closed a long time ago. I think yeah. you were a testament to the community too, right? Because a lot of people saw that and it was... Um, no, yeah, Remember that Jimenez rescinded back his stupid freaking did. thing like a day yeah. later he because did. he got scared? Because I stood outside yeah. of his house. All the media showed up there. And I wasn't trying to make a threat to him. I mean, listen, I had Homeland Security come visit me. I was yeah. going to tell day. you because I remember was, that being yeah. a case. The Homeland Security came to visit me the next day. And I was like, hey, look, I didn't make any personal threats towards him. I'm just standing up for my business. My business cannot afford to be closed again. Our team cannot afford to not make money, to not eat. I go, it is what it is. And this is a Republican mayor, so-called, yeah. that we now send to Congress. It's true. Right. With, seriously, with that, like a, another rhino sending Homeland Security to a business owner because he's trying to put fa uh, food in his table, his employee's table. You know, it's what we call the unit party, which are both parties fucking all of us over. Yeah, and, and And people just don't care enough it's like when i was fighting for the stupid mask literally the only person in miami day that was like we're gonna sue these people whether we win or not we take it up to the course it doesn't matter we're gonna do it i didn't have a a, a front a, a business front but i didn't give up crap i know it was a, it, it was it was about the principle that you shouldn't be telling businesses what to do listen we've taken simple we, we, we've taken heat on the front lines from every yeah, animal. literally, hey. we're still here. We, we, we we're just, still here. We, you know, and <laughs> that, haven't taken us down, motherfuckers. <laughs> we're still here. Let's go. And that's what it is, bro. This, I think, I also think 2020 exposed a lot of people. Pivotal point, both ways. You know, like yep. How you really are, who you are as an individual, how you stand, bro. I almost by this much, I almost lost my business, and it wasn't even my business. It was, bro, we're a big group. You know, my team, that's my family, and yeah. that's how we all make a living. You know, yeah, we show absolutely. up there at 5 a.m. every single day and Wait, we grind all day. You're not just thinking about your business. You're so, thinking about the families yeah, of your guys 100%. that work with you and keep it. And it's know. like, and I was like, bro, do you guys not? And you know, I'm not going to go into the whole COVID thing, but it's like, do you guys not see who's dying? It's not the healthy, strong people. Yeah. So it why would you close down the gyms? Yeah. You know? oh, we're trying to keep it rolling. And it's like, oh, no. But it is You know, one of the things that is always so frustrating, and I'm sure that, you know, in 2020 with the COVID stuff and then even now with what it is that you're doing is... Um, I know I probably shouldn't be as triggered, but I become very triggered when I get the messages like, oh, I wish that I could. Thank you so oh much for God. everything that you're doing. I wish I, I, I wish I could shit. do something. And it's like, what do, you, do what do you mean? Facts. We can all do something. Those, it's so frustrating to hear people like, oh, thank you so much for Sheesh. what you're doing as if though there's anything special about, uh, uh, I, I mean, I'd speak for myself. I'm a regular girl, grew up in Miami. Like I grew up in the hood of Little Course. Havana. Like there's nothing, there's nothing about me that was Special. Any special, yeah, literally. That was that, that prepared it's just taking me. the action. It's just taking one the thing, action. Listen, one perfect, thing that you do. Perfect That's example it. to what you said. I, I've always, everyone knows, I always feed the homeless and I always do this thing. So every time I do something, they're like, "Yo, let me know next time you ride." I'm like, "No, how about you go that night by yourself or with your people and go feed the homeless?" Because imagine if everyone did it, then problems get resolved. And that's the same thing. Everybody's like, "Yo, let me know. I want to go with you one day." No, no, you don't need me. Go do your own thing yeah. mm -hmm. because I don't need people to join me. Better if I go on a Monday and you go on a Tuesday and you go on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's three days off. It, you know what I'm saying? It's something so simple. It's just like today I ran into someone's story. This girl, Ali Beth, she posted that a pregnancy center in Asheville, North Carolina, had been vandalized. I, I was like, what? Like, is this today? Obviously, the pro-abortionist, radical left militants of Antifa vandalized this pregnancy center overnight broke the windows and they wrote this disgusting message on the front that says last night, like last night. yeah and it says um if abortion's not safe neither are you you know 
Direct. broken windows this is a pregnancy center that helps women in need they're not forcing you to give birth this is if you are a low income mother I just need help. that need help whether it's uh, a pregnancy test whether it's the ultrasounds even after you give birth they help you they don't capture you and make you yeah. have a child you still have the option to have abortion but if you do want to Get help, get help because you don't have the money. You go Love. there and it's free. You know, they complain about conservatives. Oh, what are you pro-lifers doing? You guys just want to pop kids. You gotta and when they do, there's pregnancy centers even here in Miami. You vandalize them. What type of bullshit is that? I called the place immediately. I called them. I was like, hi, I'm a, you know, a local Miami podcaster, you know, you know, independent media, blah, blah, blah. I introduced myself. You can find me here. I'm not a crazy person. I said, how can I help you? Do you guys need donations? Do you have a GoFundMe? We don't have a GoFundMe, but we have a website. Thank God we're still operating, blah, blah, blah. I linked it on my story, made a post about it, made a post in truth. It's so simple. Yeah. Simple. It's so simple. It takes a little bit of action. It's literally so simple. Absolutely. I'm sure that at least a hundred of my followers gave $5. Look, and I wish this was one thing that I said. Like, for example, the reason why I posted that yesterday, because obviously, look, you've been following me for a while. No one knows I've been doing this for the last, since January. Because for the most part, I'm very published about my business and who I am as a fighter, pro, right. a former fighter, and as a businessman. And I'm into, I like to entertain certain things. If it comes to my family and stuff, I like to keep low key just because I don't need people in my personal base, business. The OUR thing, I didn't. I mean, only my close people know about it. Right. I didn't make it a public thing, but I was like, for example, I have a small following. If you have a small following and you have a small following and we all share one little thing and it just spreads a little bit of awareness, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me put this guy in the front lines. So I wanted to show him so people say, oh, go on you. And it makes me worry. For example, I have multiple people who screenshotted it and shared it, which that's all you got to do. Yeah. Because then more people see it. More people well, see it's it. like this, you know, like I saw, I called her immediately. I said, hey, do you think this yeah. would be a good guess? She said, yeah, call him immediately. I said, let's see if he has time. I know he's had to wake up early, yeah. kids, whatever. Made it happen within like less than 24 hours. Because, and the reason why I do it, like, for example, I know that like there's certain things that we can't say. Right. And do whatever that we do with OUR. But I was like, as long as I'm not crossing any lines, why not put it out yeah. there so more people know it? You know, more people need to see it. And they're aware. What about exists. the mothers who, whose kids get kidnapped? I mean, it happens. Well, it it can happen. To anybody. Listen, in, where was it, Gabby? Honduras? Two little girls were sold from a fruit vendor for $150 to two American Get men. the fuck out. And they had them for 10 days without anyone in the country. The whole country was going crazy trying to find them. And as the guys were on the way to the airport, they threw the two little girls on the side of the highway, jumped in the airplane, took off. No. Nobody knows who they were. Nobody knows who they were. The two little girls were found. Ten days later, and they were sold from an old lady fruit vendor for $150. It exists. You want to think that this doesn't exist? It exists. And then, like I've said a million times, it's sad that American men go to these poor countries. Like, who in your right mind is going to go pay 150 bucks for two little girls, take them to your hotel for 10 days and do what you want with them? In, you know, uh, so it exists. In the towns of Medellin, in Las Afueras, in the outskirts of Medellin, in the mountains, a lot of Americans go and buy farms because they're very cheap. You get a bunch of acres, $20,000, And there's a lot of ex-military who buy these farms, go to these towns, and then they marry 14, 15-year-olds. Happens. It's so... It's, it's, it's really it's fucking disturbing. It's yeah. widespread. Hey, bro, uh, I guess... 
Tell us a little bit, like, what advice do you have for somebody that's maybe, you know, posting about human trafficking, um, disturbed when they hear news, like the, 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 the arrest that you guys just made with uh, the Mexican police? What advice can you give, guidance can you give people like that that maybe want to get involved? Like, what, what can you tell them? What's the best course of action for somebody like that that's frustrated watching it on a, on a computer screen and feeling like, I wish that I could do more? Look, I always say, dude, you could do multiple things. For example, I know the person who I am. So when I said, you know what? I would love to go over there. I would love to get my feet on the ground and actually do something. And of course, everybody's like, bro, you're crazy, you're this. I get it. Yes, I am a little different. I'm me. I like to do things. and I feel like us three yeah. can relate. I do things a little bit wild, and yeah. I'm okay with it. You know, and that's my role. Perfect. You know, if your role is who you are and you want to do it, spread it. Share it. Bring awareness. It doesn't have to be Rambo all in. Yeah. Do your part. Whatever suits you as a human, I think do it. The little bit, the better. For example, I have, uh, I don't know, a few thousand followers. Aren't you? If you're just a minimal Instagrammer all day, the most you can do is share it, post it. And donate too. Yeah. Right? A lot of these organizations are nonprofits. They yeah. operate slowly. Oh, you slowly are. We're on, a nonprofit organization. Correct. And if you don't have the time and the or funds whatever, to, you know, yeah, but there are people like the owners of the Kaaba bar that I go oh, to. Yeah. They're freaking busy. They, they own, you know, own three businesses. Of course. Tri-county type of stuff. Claro. You know, so they're super busy, but they donate. Of course, exactly. You and they support. do what they can. You, you can support. Money. So I'll they're like, this. for example, I, I know one of their donations goes to Project Veritas because they do such important work. So they're recurring monthly, you know, donors. I'll tell you this. If you support OUR, you're, I'm telling you from the inside, Yeah, your money's getting well spent. Yeah. Because, listen, the one thing I'll never forget that in one of the meetings that they told me something, he's like, imagine if we're, we're, we're most adults are scared to go, we don't go to go rescue a child. Then who does? And I say, you know what? If is as as men, as grown men, you go somewhere where scares you and gives you the chills. You're like, no, we're in fire. Imagine that poor child. Yeah. Imagine that child being in that situation, and no grown men coming for them. And trust me, I've been to a couple of places. I'm not saying I'm Rambo and I'm hero. I've been to a couple of places. That you're like, it's kind of scary. We're we're in the we're in the jungle, baby. Yeah. And you know, it's always beyond gamer. You know, like, but I always say to myself, if I don't belong there, neither does the child. Because if you tell me I'm scared to be there, and I say, let me leave my six-year-old daughter and see what happens. Are you crazy? So that's exactly why we should be there. Yeah. And that's exactly why. Where we go sometimes, we go to oh, something about a movie, and we're so U.S. citizens don't belong. I've gone to, we got into a fight with some undercover cops in the Dominican Republic who were not the, Dominica, not the cops that we were working with. Some other cops, some corrupted cops. Me and my buddy that we were doing something with OUR, we were running through the hood, and we got into a little altercation with corrupted cops in the city because we didn't belong there. So imagine, like, and you're also messing up their little they're, situation. They probably get paid off. They're, they're getting paid off. Hundred percent. Earlier, you said something about obviously whatever you can say about a mission that was fell through. You don't have to go into you know who the person was or what, um, but you did say something that was very disturbing when this particular individual was selling kids, the kids came with a doctor, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's to the point that, like, when I, I usually don't tell people certain things, but, like, when there's things are so bad, there's special people, and I'm talking about, there's women mm -hmm. who sell kids to other men, 
And they, when they sell them to the men, they even try to say, hey, I'll even sell them to you with a doctor who will repair the children if you tear them, if you rip them, if you destroy them. We'll send them with a doctor, part of the, the deal. The deal. So that you could do what you want with the kids, and the doctor will repair them, and you can continue abusing those kids. Do you know how that even sounds? And the doctor, the doctor he's eso. the first one that I would grab the, the and disappear. Doctor. But imagine, wait, it's like real, real. And it's nothing out of, like, you can watch all the movies you want. It's real, real. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I hear it, I live it, I see it. You know, this company is responsible for helping a lot of children in the worst situations. Right. And it's a real, real situation. Damn. Um, you know, just to plug it in, because we're coming to an end of our time, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on Instagram and also your business for any locals that want to get in shape. I've seen his very crazy classes. <laughs> it's a little far from me. But yeah. If not, I would definitely join. Uh, but, you know, tell us where we can find you. Uh, on, on Instagram, I'm at Gabriel Stunner. S-T-U-N-N-A, not Stunner. And <laughs> my gym is called Stunner's Fit. We're in South Miami. If you want to come by, check it out. Feel free. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys uh, for having me. For coming today. Thank you, thank you, thank for you. coming. Such an important conversation. Yeah. And for the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you for your work. Real life cool. ramble duties cool. are uh, appreciated. Definitely, <laughs> you know, because like we said, there's not a lot of people stepping up to the plate and... Appreciate it's it. important to have people like you doing yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, this Brushes. is uh, we'll so close to of this episode. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.